What's up guys, it is Quinn here back again with another video and today I'm going to be going through the biggest bust at every fantasy position. So I've been looking through, you know, early fantasy ADP and I've located one player at every position that I just think is not a good bet at their current draft price. And I feel like, you know, the odds are fairly high that they disappoint if you're drafting them, you know, where they are currently going. And while you guys are watching, if you're enjoying this video, do me a huge favor, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. That really helps support me, you know, and the fantasy playmakers here. So if you guys could do that, that'd be greatly appreciated. But let's just jump right into the first position. Let's start it off with the running backs, probably the most important position in fantasy football. And the running back that I think has a very high chance of busting is going to be Cam Akers. Right now he's being drafted as the RB16. That is around a late third round pick. And you know, most of you guys know the story, Cam Akers tore his ACL in July, right before the 2020 season, basically seemed like a guarantee he'd be out for the entire year. Somehow he returned incredibly quickly, actually made it back for their final regular season game. In the past, Achilles tears for running backs have basically seemed like a death sentence. They've been super difficult to come back from. And even if you do come back, you know, the production has taken a massive hit. But, you know, as medicine continues to improve, I feel like there's more hope for these running backs. But I just feel like people have loved Cam Akers so much. They're just a little too optimistic that he's going to come back and be, you know, 100% of what he was before that Achilles tear, especially for a player who's being drafted in the third round, which is premium draft capital in a redraft. And so when Akers returned, he played in five games. His production was pretty brutal. You know, this isn't the only argument against him. Because I feel like coming back so quickly, you couldn't expect fantastic numbers, but the numbers were definitely not good. In those five games, he rushed for 175 yards on 72 carries. That is 2.43 yards per carry. And that's a pretty large sample size, 72 carries there. And then he was targeted 13 times, caught 11 of those for 86 yards. You know, having the full offseason to totally get back to 100% is definitely going to help Cam Akers. But I feel like for him to live up to this current ADP as the running back 16, he's basically going to have to come in and be the full workhorse on this Rams offense. I feel like we all need to accept that there is a chance Cam Akers just won't have it coming back from this injury. And I just feel like that risk is not baked into his current ADP. We've seen the past few years, the Rams have liked to use one running back, which is why people were so high, you know, on Cam Akers heading into the 2021 season because we thought he was going to be the total workhorse. They do like to use, you know, one key running back. The thing is, they definitely do not heavily target their running backs. So this isn't, you know, one of the most valuable spots to be the lead back for. But when I'm looking at Cam Akers, I just feel like there are a lot of routes for this pick to go wrong. The first one, I already mentioned it, Cam Akers just isn't the same. He isn't as good as he was, you know, prior to the 2021 season. And then he's just not able to get back and be an elite fantasy player. The second option is the limited receiving work that the Rams do have goes to Daryl Henderson or Kyron Williams. Henderson is very solid as a receiver out of the backfield. We saw it in the Super Bowl. We saw it when he was operating as the workhorse, you know, during Cam Akers' injury. And then you also have Kyron Williams, who is a solid pass catcher. Athleticism is not there, but maybe he's able to work his way in. And then the third kind of way this could go wrong is that Cam Akers just ends up kind of splitting this backfield with Daryl Henderson, and there's not a workhorse here. So you're looking at some of the other running backs in the range. You have David Montgomery and J.K. Dobbins, 
who are going nearly a round later. I would take those guys, you know, at their price way over uh, Cam Akers. You also have Brees Hall going a round and a half later. That is crazy to me. And then when you're drafting in this Akers range, you've got guys like Deontay Johnson, DK Metcalf, Kyle Pitts, Darren Waller. I just feel like there are a lot of very talented players who do not carry the same risk as Cam Akers. So he is definitely someone I'm going to be fading at his current price. Now moving over to the wide receiver position. This was actually the easiest position to locate a bust. And this is where I have Jerry Judy. He's being drafted as the wide receiver 20, a late fourth round pick. And I really just feel like the Jerry Judy hype has gone out of control. I feel like, you know, the past few years, I've just been a little bit lower on Jerry Judy than consensus, but I definitely, you know, I don't hate the player. I'm rooting he does well, but we're looking at Russell Wilson coming in. This offense is going to be better, but I feel like people are just launching Jerry Judy up into this like insane value when he really has done nothing to warrant it. Judy was a top tier wide receiver prospect in the 2020 draft, but he has definitely underperformed in his first two seasons. And at some point, you know, we got to forget about the college production. We got to forget about when he was picked because eventually, you know, if he's not performing on the field, we kind of just have to accept that. And I'm not going to argue, you know, his situation around him has not been good. The quarterback play has been poor, but in my opinion, if he was a good or great NFL wide receiver, we would have seen it and he kind of would have overcome that poor quarterback play. So looking back to his rookie season, Judy was, you know, he was solid. It wasn't horrible. Average 9.8 PPR points per game. That was the wide receiver 59. So after the 2020 season, I think you can make the argument, you know, he's a good wide receiver. The quarterback play was not there. He can take a jump in year two. But he also got outproduced by Tim Patrick that season, who averaged 10.7 points per game. Then when we're looking at the 2021 season, he actually regressed. He did deal with a high ankle sprain that he suffered in week one, but he still managed to play in 10 games and only averaged 8.5 points per game. That is the wide receiver 67 in points per game. I just don't understand how we're projecting a guy to go from wide receiver 67 to all of a sudden, you know, be a wide receiver two. That just seems like a really, really huge jump for me, especially, you know, to put into context the players who are around him in that point per game range, Danny Amendola, Dante Pettis, and Khalif Raymond. Those are not elite names around him. You know, Danny Amendola was solid, but I mean, he is way towards the end of his career. And Jerry Judy was actually the wide receiver three on his own team in points per game. Tim Patrick averaged 9.8. Cortland Sutton averaged 8.8. And I really just cannot think of another time in fantasy football where a wide receiver has never averaged double digit points, but are all of a sudden being picked as a top 20 wide receiver. You know, obviously not including rookies because they've never had a season, but we have seen two seasons out of Jerry Judy. He has done basically nothing. And now he's supposed to be a top 20 wide receiver. I'm just not seeing it. And you know, I feel like this jump in quarterback production, it's going to be solid, but it's not like there's going to be 150 extra yards a game and a few extra touchdowns. Over the last three years, Russell Wilson has averaged 248.6 passing yards per game. Last year, the Broncos quarterbacks averaged 226.8. So obviously there's a jump there, but not enough, you know, jump in yardage or touchdowns that's going to take Judy from 8.5 points per game to 14.7, which is what the wide receiver 20 put up last year. So I'm just not seeing that jump from him. If you're looking at the wide receivers going after him, you have guys like Mike Williams and Chris Godwin. I would take both of those guys easily 
over Jerry Judy. You've got J.K. Dobbins and Brees Hall at running back going after him. So I will definitely be fading Judy. And he is probably like my least favorite value at his current ADP of any single player in fantasy football. Now let's shift over to the quarterback position. And I actually think this was the toughest spot to kind of pick someone that I thought was going to bust. I did end up going with Joe Burrow. And this is not because I don't like Joe Burrow for fantasy. I do. I just do not like him at his current draft price. He's being selected as the quarterback six, which I don't think is crazy, but a late fifth, early sixth round pick. Not a big fan of that value there. Burrow finished as the quarterback 10 in points per game last season. I do think he improves on that here in 2022. I've talked very highly of all these Bengals weapons. You know, I think their offense is going to be even better. You've got an extra year of experience from Joey B. That offensive line is much improved, so that's a big deal. But he just doesn't have that elite ceiling because he doesn't have that rushing ability. He's not going to give you, you know, the elite rushing of a guy like Jalen Hurts or Lamar Jackson. He's not even going to give you that second tier of guys like Justin Herbert or a player like Patrick Mahomes. And if you don't have that crazy rushing upside, in order to be like a top three fantasy quarterback, you just have to put up insane passing numbers like, you know, Aaron Rodgers in uh, 2020. Brady finished pretty highly last year, but he still didn't have that elite ceiling. And it was an overall down year for those top tier quarterbacks. So why am I drafting Joe Burrow as like a late fifth, early sixth round pick when I could get Tom Brady around later, or I could get Matthew Stafford two and a half rounds later. You've got Dak Prescott also going, you know, almost two rounds later. It just seems like there's this big clump of quarterbacks. And for some reason, Joe Burrow is way ahead of the pack. And it just doesn't make sense to me. I feel like he's being picked way too close to his ceiling when there are other players with very similar range of outcomes going, you know, a few rounds later than him. So I'm going to be passing on Joe Burrow at his ADP. And if you do pass on him and get a, you know, a quarterback a round or two later, that could allow you to snag a running back like Travis Etienne or a wide receiver like Allen Robinson. And then you can circle back in a round or two and snag a quarterback of similar quality, even if you like them just a little bit less, or maybe you just straight up like them more. Like I think I had Matthew Stafford and Burrow back to back in my rankings. I had Tom Brady ahead of Burrow, so I will not be picking him, but I definitely like the player. Obviously, super fun to watch, and he will be a good fantasy quarterback. I just do not like him at his current price. And then for the final fantasy position, we're going to the tight end slot. And this is where I have TJ Hawkinson. He's being selected as the tight end six and a mid seventh round pick. And I actually thought the ADP for tight ends was very solid. There wasn't really one guy who blatantly stood out as a bust, you know, like there was at the wide receiver or maybe even running back for me. I think this is going to be a pretty similar argument to Joe Burrow. So TJ Hawkinson was the tight end six in points per game last season, but he was operating as one of the top weapons on a bad offense with a bad quarterback. Now heading into 2022, he is still being picked as the tight end seven, but he's on, you know, the same team with the same bad quarterback, but he's likely now not going to be one of their, you know, top one or two weapons because you have Amon Ra, Jamison Williams, DeAndre Swift, DJ Chark, all those guys are in the mix with TJ Hawkinson. So when we're looking at other tight end options, I would much rather have Dalton Schultz just straight up. He's going a few picks after Hawkinson. So if you're picking in that range, I would rather take Schultz. If you miss out on some of the elite tight ends, and then maybe you also miss out on Dalton Schultz, I'd probably just rather wait, you know, two rounds and pick someone with the upside of Dawson Knox. Because I feel like you're picking TJ Hawkinson 
pretty close to his ceiling. Like, does anyone see TJ Hawkinson outperforming any of the top five guys, which would be, uh, that would be Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts, Darren Waller, and then George Kittle. I feel like that's just not even in the realm of possibility. And does he even get close to those guys? I feel like maybe a player like Dawson Knox could add some volume and, you know, maybe contest to be in that top five. Not saying he would finish there, but I just feel like he may have a better odds of kind of breaking in and he's going at a cheaper price. So that's why I'm not a huge fan of TJ Hawkinson, but I don't think he's like blatantly a bad pick. I just feel like you're not really getting much upside there and drafting him very close to his ceiling. But that is going to wrap it up for the biggest bust at every position. Let me know what you guys think down below in the comment section. Do you guys agree that these players are, you know, not great values? Do you have another player in mind? I want to hear it. I'll make sure to get back to every single person. But thank you all for stopping by and I'll see you in the next one.